Welcome back for another video. As highly requested, I'm delighted to welcome back FPL world champion Ali Jahangarov. He's going to be sharing his new FPL team with us uh, and also answering your key FPL questions. He's just released an ebook called Winning FPL. I'll put a link below to that in the description. In case you didn't know, his rank one finish was no fluke as well. Last season he came 215th in the world the season before, so up there is two of the best back-to-back -back seasons ever. Ali, good to see you, mate. How you doing? Good to see you, Oscar. It's, uh, I've been doing fine, thank you. Uh, it's always nice to be here with you, chatting FBL. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, joining us for this because uh, Ali said he's on the road uh, just before we hit record. So he's on a, a 4G hotspot, so I appreciate you making this work. I meant to ask, by the way, what was actually the prize you got for winning FPL last season? Have you received it yet? Uh, not yet. Uh, I'll be traveling to, U to the UK uh, in end of August. So it's two, two Premier League games. One of them will be Arsenal Fulham and uh, another one is Arsenal Manchester United at home. And uh, a week, uh, basically, of touristic places, uh, some of the... There are some other prices. There's a list of prices, but I haven't received them yet. So I'll most likely be getting them when I visit London. So. We'll have to meet up for a pint when you're here. Oh, absolutely. We'd love to. I'll, I'll let everyone know. <laughs> right, let's pull up your team then. So um, Ali's got his latest draft here. There's loads to talk about here. Um, do you want to perhaps just run us through some of the players? I'll read it out in case we've just got anyone listening on the podcast. He's got Ramsdale in goal, uh, Estepinian Shaw, Stones defence, uh, Rashford, Saka, Trossard, Mitoma, Foden, Haaland up top captain, and Jao Pedro. On the bench, Trent is first, then Bulldog and Mubama. So uh, yeah, talk us through the team. Um, it's, it's fairly template with a couple of differentials like Trossard and uh, Foden. Maybe you don't see uh, showing a lot of teams because of Onana. After his transfer finalized, a lot of people just you know, went from Shaw to having uh, you know Onana instead. And um, I think Shaw has a higher upside than uh, his potential in terms of attacking points. Is always he's always been there and. Uh, I prefer him to Anana. Ramsdale, there's a lot of talks with uh, Raya coming in and replacing it. I'm, I'm not sure if you know he replaces him straight away because uh, Ramsdale hasn't done anything wrong and uh, Raya will be sitting there and waiting for his moment. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident Ramsdale is still number one, but they will be competing. So if anything, uh, he's Raya's arrival will only make him better yeah. in terms of competition. And um, with other picks, uh, Trossard, I, I, I just I cannot ignore the preseason he's had so far. And uh, even in the game against City, it was a deflection, but uh, he, he creates goals, he makes goals. And uh, basically, he's, he's someone that brings goals to the team. And that's why I have him in my team. Drophead, though, he's, you know, he's He's on penalties for sure now because after scoring his second penalty, I think he will be nailed in the team. And uh, on pens, the price point is great. Uh, I think he's a no-brainer. So. Yeah, I agree with the uh, with what you said about Ramsdale, by the way. I just don't see a world where Raya comes straight in. Maybe it becomes a problem later on, but you know we could be talking after first wildcard anyway. So I do agree with that. So it's interesting that you're sticking with the Shaw-Ramsdale combo because I know not, a lot of people are looking at Anana and then... Um, you know, an Arsenal defender like Gabriel or Saliba 
which does free up the 0.5, but obviously, as you said, there's um, attacking potential there with Shaw. Yeah, João Pedro, he's come out of absolutely nowhere. I think um, last time we spoke, you had Enciso. He's obviously not gotten much of a look in in pre-season. João um, Pedro has been the one who's been playing up top or just behind. So perhaps he's the first choice there. And, you know, yeah, Luton at home, irresistible fixture. And on pens as well. So, yeah, that's an exciting one. Are you, just on Trossard then, are you uh, at all concerned that he didn't start in the Community Shield? Um, a little bit, but I think uh, with the change of rule in terms of the added minutes for the game, we'll see a lot of uh, more game time for the bench players. And I think if, even if it's 30 or 40 minutes uh, out of Trossard against the tired legs of the, say, Forrester position, I think he could do well. So there's an upside in the rule change as well. And that's a good point, actually. When you're talking about players coming off the bench, right, There's uh, this season we're going to see probably record stoppage times because there's this new rule, right? Um, they're going to try and do World Cup-style stoppage time to actually reflect stoppage. Um, I've got a few notes here. Elsewhere in the Football League in Game Week 1, there was an average of 16 and a half minutes added time. So that's you know a sign of things to come. So perhaps that does mean, you know, if there's players like Foden or Trossard that get the odd bench and there's more potential for them to get something off the bench. Has that at all factored into your thinking at all, you know, in terms of clean sheet points or maybe nailed attackers that might get more time to get your returns? Um, it's, yeah, uh, it, there are some players that, you know, could really do well off the bench. And I think Trossard, just like he did in a, you know, against City, uh, just like, let's say, Darwin, there are a lot of players that would come off the bench and just destroy your tired legs opposition. And uh, it's one of those, you know, if, if Foden is not on, in the squad for a Burnley game, I think I can just easily go with uh, Trent instead. So uh, he's on my bench. So that's a contingency plan for uh, occasional City benching. Okay. All right. So let's talk hypotheticals then. So it's 10 minutes to the deadline in game week one, and there's some news that Foden doesn't start. Um, so your backup plan, are you going to just start Trent or would you swap Foden for someone else? It's, it depends on the team use of different teams as well. Uh, I think, uh, I, I like Foden. I think he really, uh, after a couple of game weeks, he gets into the rhythm and uh, his, his ceiling is absolutely monstrous. That's why um, uh, I don't mind keeping him on my bench as well. And um, just on Trent then, so yeah, Trent first on bench. Um, I think really he's slowly bled ownership in recent weeks. Um, you know, obviously we know what he's capable of, and he's probably in store for a great season. Those that have watched uh, them in pre-season have said, without defensive mid, they look a bit vulnerable. Are you back in Trent to uh, you know put up the point the points to justify the eight mil tag and perhaps Liverpool sign a defensive mid before the window closes? I think uh, for game two you have to have Liverpool assets. Whether it's an attack or defense, and uh, I don't—it's either going to be Trent or some of the attacking players, because uh, I want to have a piece of Liverpool uh, against Bournemouth at home. I think that could be a really, really repetition of last year. If it won't be 9-0, but we know there are goals in this game, and they've been scoring a lot of goals in preseason as well. So. Uh, I really want to have a Liverpool asset because it's hard to get to them. Uh, the nailed ones, I mean, the Salah and, uh, and uh, Trent, but the rest, Hakpo and Nunez and uh, 
DS, they're, they're easy to get, but you never know uh, which one of them starting. Yeah. Even with Jorgut Botta classified as a midfielder this year, he's, he's going to be a good asset in some point of time, but you never know when. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, Liverpool really annoying, you know. Salah, one goal, six assists. You just know he's going to start the season well, but it does hurt your team balance. Obviously, you've come to the decision that it's not worth the two premiums. Yeah, Jota, uh, three goals, three assists in pre-season. Darwin's got four goals, one assist. Yeah, Gakpo's got a few returns. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of points there, but yeah, it's just, besides Trent and Salah, it just feels like such a gamble which ones to go for. So maybe it's a wait and see. Uh, so I've got a few questions here that people have sent in, so I'm going to field these to you. Um, the first question I've got is from Martian, and he said, if you could share any one piece of advice for a successful season, or if you do have more than one, don't worry, that's fine as well. What would your advice be? It was part of the reason why I went on with the book. There's a lot in my mind that I wanted to share and uh, the basic principles that led to me and that led me to the top of FPL. Uh, but I think the most important for you is just following your own game. You know, just playing your own game, following your own guts and uh, trying to have as much fun as you can because if the negatives outweighs the uh, positives, I think there's no point of playing this game. And there's enough positives in it, believe me. So try to have fun with it. And as long as you have fun through, during the season, I think you, it's been successful. So. Yeah, I mean, on that note, last season, and it looks like this season, you're going to be playing your own game because there's a few players you've got here that I've not seen in many drafts. Um, but you are in Haaland captain, actually. So um, let's let's um, look at that for a second. I watched the Community Shield and um, he looked a bit isolated. I think they did miss um, De Bruyne, but obviously he's... Um, back in contention. No shots and goal from Haaland in the penalty box. Um, no touches in the penalty box either. He hasn't actually scored for six competitive matches. Are you locked in on Haaland captain or is there potential for that to change by game at one? Absolutely. There's too many factors going against him. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but the uh, the fact that it's the first game of the game week, um, it's, it's a Burnley away game. It's not Daish's Burnley, but it's still you know, they will be fired up against the champions, newly promoted team. And I think there is a good chance of captaining someone else from Arsenal or uh, probably Saka is the second alternative for me. Maybe even Rashford is up there as well. So I'm not really completely locked in on Holland captains. Yeah, I'm on the fence as well. It's just, it's the ownership that scares me. Um, I have to ask you about that in a sec, by the way. The ownership is yeah. scary. You know, if he does come and puts up a hat trick against Burnley or something, I think last season um, he blanked in the Community Shield and then obviously the rest is history once the season kicked off. So yeah, that is at the back of my head. You know, what if what if I back Saka, you know, and Saka doesn't get anything and Haaland does? It just feels like it's going to be um, an uphill battle from there. Um, there was actually a question about that. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, it was from uh, Vinmetri FC. He said, how much of a damage can one take in the opening few weeks, let's say until the first international break, uh, to still recover and win the whole thing. What would you say on that? If, if you take a look at my game week three rank of last year, you wouldn't bet on me winning it. You know, it's, I think I was ranked around three million and uh, it was really, uh, I had to recover fast at that point because uh, I was really behind my first two or three game weeks were really, really bad. But uh, I've managed to climb up uh, I think after game week six or eight, uh, you, you you need to uh, start well 
in order to, you know, uh, decent chances of finishing well as well. Because um, it's not just, it happened with me, but I got really lucky because I, I could have just, you know, went on and a couple of decisions here and there, and I would just be floating around 2 million and 1 million up until game week 15 or 16. But uh, I think I was uh, around 3K before the World Cup break. So um, I recovered fairly quickly. But you don't want to, ideally, you want to start well. So uh, just go with a fairly template team and it won't damage you much. But uh, slowly you can build up with some of the differentials, some of the uh, low on picks. So yeah, I was going to ask, what's your process then for recovering uh, to a bad start? So basically, picking differentials and nailing those yeah. is uh, the way you did it last season, at least. Yeah, last season I went against uh, Salah by getting Kane, Foden, and Luis Diaz. Diaz was basically covering for Salah points, and uh, Kane and Foden were just doing the business for me. Later on, I got Madison uh, and just a fair amount of good differentials that would score here and there. In, uh, you can from. So you're um, you're a lifelong Arsenal fan. There is a question from um, Creve AFC. Uh, he says Arsenal this season. He's basically asking, what are your thoughts on Arsenal this season? What do you think about the new signings? Um, I, I think new signings are fantastic. Uh, I will be backing all of them, anyways. I, I wasn't really Havertz signing was kind of out of nowhere because uh, not like I enjoyed him. Watching him for playing for Chelsea, but I really liked him back in Bayer Leverkusen. When he went to Chelsea, I wish he would have gone for a different club. But uh, it's it's exciting to see uh, you know good strengths and depths. Uh, I really like Timber. I think he's he looked fantastic yeah. against City. Yeah, he he's, did. He's versatile. He's I just love the energy he has. You know, he's. Is calm on the ball. Uh, overall, I love the. Um, I haven't been this excited uh, for a start of the season as an Arsenal fan for a while. Last last year's success was really unexpected because a lot of yeah. uh, you know pundits and uh, football experts were just not even including Arsenal in top four. So uh, uh, we we didn't even expect challenging for titles ourselves. So. But this yeah. season, we're really excited. I think I'm, I'm back in Arsenal to win this year. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. Yeah, I mean, recently we haven't really missed with a lot of the signings we've made. Um, and yeah, with, with Jez is injured, obviously that's um, not ideal. But yeah, I think Tross, I could emerge as um, an excellent pick as a consequence. So yeah, I do like that you've backed him there. Uh, there's a question here from uh, SmacksFPO840. Uh, he basically said, did you have a template team or did you have a lot of differentials uh, the year that you won FPL? I had I had quite a few um, uh, in the beginning of the season. It's my golden rule. I have to have two or three differentials, otherwise I'm not having fun with it. It's, whenever my team is fairly template, I'm just trying to sway away. And um, I've had differentials throughout the season. Uh, you, you don't win FPL by playing template. That's that's for sure. But at least I don't know anyone who's won it by playing template. So you have to have differentials in your team. You have to have them. In the right moment, because uh, sooner or later they stop being the 
Yeah. Well, I remember um, Ben Crabtree won FPL. It was, I think it was about 2014 now, but he was an Everton fan. So he didn't own any Liverpool assets uh, the whole mm. season. So, yeah, sometimes you just have to differentiate at the right time, which is easier said than done. Yeah, so I've got a question for you as well. Uh, so the four mil defenders, it's uh, rare that we get many, but this season we're kind of sport for choice. Uh, we've got Bulldog, Bayer, Kabore, uh, Bell, Aldakil, maybe Gusto if James gets injured. You've got Bulldog. Um, how comes he's your pick of the bunch? Um, I think Bogle is uh, currently injured and uh, it's just a you know, good uh, reminder of the 4.0 defender as a Lundstrom uh, from Sheffield United. I'm not sure if they're solid at the back at the moment, but uh, I think it just just nice little reminder of those <laughs> good times. Yeah, Lord Lundstrom, what a season that was. I don't know if we'll ever see anything of the likes again because uh, obviously he was a defender and played like a box-to-box -box mid at times. But yeah, Bulldog, um, yeah, a few seasons back, he did well in the Premier League uh, for Sheffield United. Um, yeah, and as you say, Bogle's injured, so I'm on the fence. Um, I had a look at their underlying stats last season and for expected goals conceded, surprisingly, they were actually slightly worse than Luton. So I'm on the fence between um, Bulldog, <laughs> Bayer and Kabore at the moment. I think Bell might play left centre back, so I think he's out of the uh, ruling. It's those three. To be honest, I don't like any of them. Uh, I had a, I had a, I had a draft when I, uh, I think Matty Cash instead. It just, just to you know, feeling better about your bench. But uh, I'm not sure if it will be needed. But, uh, I have a strong bench as it is because uh, Trenton. Trenton. Alexander Arnold is, is up there. And what about the six and a half mil mids then? Because this has been such a headache for me. I don't know about you. I've been going back and forth between them. Um, you've, you've got Matoma, who's the template pick, but I've seen Mbumo in quite a few teams as well. You know, you know he's on penalties, took one in pre-season, uh, takes corners. And then there's Matoma. He's obviously got the fixtures, best of the, all of them in game week one. And then Eze's having the best pre-season. He's got like two goals, five assists. So um, you're on Matoma at the moment, but are any of the other six and a halves close? Uh, this is the reason why I have uh, differentials in those price points, seven and seven and a half. I could easily move down from whichever one I was doing with. You know, uh, I want to bet against Mbomo, but I like Eze a lot. And I like Diaby from Astambula as well. So uh, I think I have a route to them uh, by you know, selling Trossard or Foden, but uh, We'll see how they how they all develop. Yeah. So is that something that's important to you then, hitting those price points to easily move around? Yeah. Uh, when picking differentials, yes, because uh, it's it's easy to sell a differential because it's a low own player. You don't you, know, uh, you don't take risks and you just uh, easily sellable assets. And last year I had Darwin in my first game week draft, and I think it was easy to sell him. It was easy to move them on, but once you have, uh, let's say, 4.5 or 5 million midfielder, it's easy, it's, it's really hard to upgrade him. These players are good enough to, easy enough to go jump off. And what about, let's um, play devil's advocate then, let's say that Watkins starts the season really well, or Nkunku's back after a couple of game weeks, and he looks like the one to have. Um, obviously, that's a price point you can't get to, unless you sell Haaland. 
Um, what's your thinking there? Is that just going to be a combination transfer? Yeah, it, could, it should be a combination of transfer. I don't like to make transfers in uh, game two. So, uh, a mini operation in game three or so, it could be an operation of uh, a mini operation of two or three transfers in game three. And uh, I'm planning to get Chilwell and Nkunku or Jackson, whichever one does well for Chelsea for a good uh, picture swing for, for that. I've got another question then. This one's from uh, Nasri Abdu, and he says, When is the perfect time to wildcard? I think delayed as possible. You have to delay uh, your wild card. The, 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 the strategy that I had last year really worked well because I've, by trying to delay it, you're having a wild card when no one else has. So uh, you have an advantage. You have to be ready to get hits, uh, you know, to take all the hits uh, when everybody's wild carding. But uh, I think you have a higher advantage of uh, having a top sort of sleep when no one else has. Yeah, that's an interesting Wait, point, actually. Yeah, because in FPL, you're playing against the field. You're playing against everyone. So, yeah, if you're wildcarding later, I suppose that does make sense because you're doing something that not many others are. Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, one question here from FPL Teens. He says, I test or stats? And he said, were you able to watch every single game or did you rely on stats most of the time when you made decisions? Uh, I guess you're... I'm an eye test manager. Uh, you're okay by watching one or two games a week because uh, physically you won't have much time to watch every of uh, you know ten primary games because uh, the rest you could go away. You could get away with extended highlights, but uh, there's there are. It's not like all twenty teams are FPL, FPL relevant. You, know, where you have to pick out of four or five you know, really hot streak teams and uh, watch their games at least. It's not like you have to watch every game. So uh, it's only when it comes to the games uh, with FPL relevant players, you can eye test them and uh, pretty much trust your gut with your pick. Yeah, I'm the same. I do watch lots of games, but yeah, there's lots of games that are largely irrelevant. Um, so yeah, I'm mostly a, a stats guy. I watch match of the day and that sort of thing. Watch as many games as possible that I feel irrelevant, but yeah, you know, stats don't lie, so I think uh, I'm the same, more of a stats guy, but do factor eye testing as well. I suppose it'd be like 75-25% if I had to balance it between the two. Yeah, uh, there are certainly stats that shouldn't be undervalued because uh, they're really important, and it's important to read through them. It's not just, you know, uh, knowing stats. You have to know which one is you know, telling you something. Right. So which, which stats then do you actually look at? Is it expected goals, shots, shots in the box, XGC? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The major stats that really uh, tells you about sustainability of uh, some players. Let's say uh, how the XG... I've, I've written everything in my book uh, in terms of the stats that I follow. And uh, Fantasy Football Scout uh, has really, really covered all the stats that you need to. So basically, having, having access to it, you, you pretty much get all you need comparing players. And I'm using player comparison because sometimes you, you have a perception of a player, but when you look at the stats, you, you realize that you haven't been watching him a lot. So uh, there's a lot to miss out if you don't look at the stats. So um, 
I think uh, you have to follow stats as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd much rather a player who's got really good underlying numbers but's blanked a few games in a row than someone who's you know scored for three games in a row but from three really low XG shots, for example. Um, which sounds crazy, but yeah, it's not just about the FPL returns. Uh, final question here. Frank Tegazi says, uh, ketchup in the fridge or in the cupboard? <laughs> I think it should be in the fridge. No. What do you mean in the fridge? Surely covered. Uh, the fact with what the sauces I am using for my food, uh, they have. I don't. I don't like ketchup a lot. It's only with French fries, <laughs> yeah. and I like it cold for some reason. Most yeah. of the sauces I like. I like them cold. Uh-huh. So uh, I always keep it in the fridge. So. <laughs> Excellent. Good answer. All right, lastly then, so you've released this um, new book called Winning FPL. Um, it's an excellent read. Um, Ali sent me an early copy, which I had a look through. Um, he is donating 30% of the proceeds, proceeds to Street Child United, who are a charity. So it's for a good cause. As I say, there's a, a link below to check it out. Recommend giving it a read before the season kicks off. Um, tell us a bit about the book, Ali. It uh, basically has everything that I've been following, you know, basic principles that I've been following in the last two seasons and what has helped me a lot, you know, based on practical examples. It's not just a theory that I've been talking about, but I've, I've pretty much given an example in everything I've been writing about. So um, it's a good read. Uh, you can, you know, read it in one go. It's not too long. I'm trying, I've tried to make it as concise as possible because we, we all are busy with our own stuff and uh, and reading that book should be enjoyable um, with the season around the corner I think you have enough time and benefit uh, from what I've written there uh, hopefully help uh, some of the managers to have their games uh, I would be completely sh- you know uh, over the moon if someone from the readers really wins it in the end <laughs> because uh, and uh, plus the impact I wanted to make to Street Child United, uh, I, I really like that charity and I wanted to do something good at least from my side, even if it's a minimum thing. Yeah, it was an enjoyable read, um, you're right, yeah. And as I said earlier, um, Ali came first last season, but 215th the season before, so it is no fluke. Um, yeah, I did enjoy reading it and it covers things like the right times to take risks, you know, like playing tactics. Um, psychology, even like the highs and lows of FPL, uh, which I'm sure you experienced at times last season. I can't imagine the stress of that run at number one and, you know, will you hold on to it or not? So, um, yeah, as I say, a link below to that as well if you want to check it out. Um, Ali, it's been uh, great chatting to you again. Uh, wish you all the best this season. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check out Ali on Twitter, he's at FPL Guns. Uh, the ebook will be below. Uh, best of luck this season, Ali. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Oscar. Likewise. I'd like to you as well. Sports Social Podcast Network.